The following podcast is a Sempronto Media production. She's a business mogul. Number one. And wellness expert. How can I help? And now Chantel Ray and her amazing guests are here to guide you on your wellness journey. Time to level up. Welcome to the Waste Away Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to today's episode. And today our topic is all about lasers, lipo, fat reduction, and cellulite. And I'm really excited to introduce to you Kirk Gare. And his website is laserchiropractic.net. And we are excited to have you, Kirk. Welcome. Tell listeners a little bit about yourself. Well, thanks for having me, Chantel. Uh, Well, I've been using laser therapy in my clinic outside of Los Angeles, California for 16 years. And uh, I've worked on some uh, Super Bowl champion athletes, Major League Baseball um, athletes. I've worked with the Dodgers and Angels Fantasy Camp and a lot of the top high school and youth athletes. I've also been teaching laser to other doctors since 2017. So I actually travel around the world and train doctors in laser therapy. And I have an, an international following too from uh, Europe and from Australia and even Asia doctors who tune in to learn how to to use lasers for uh, for fat loss. We also use it for um, autoimmune support, for injuries, for brain. There's a lot of really great things that lasers can do that are non-surgical and non-invasive. And uh, in the past, I've appeared in Dr. Isabella Wentz's thyroid secret video, uh, talking about the things that I did with lasers to help my wife when she had a really serious autoimmune reaction with her thyroid that uh, nobody was really able to help. Uh, so I integrate that along with the training I've received from Dr. Datis Karajian, uh, who's you know internationally known for, for his work in, uh, with the thyroid and the brain and functional medicine and functional neurology. And um, so I'm excited to share this information because a lot of people don't know what laser can do to help them with, without many side effects. Mm, awesome. Well, let's talk about, and, and I think that um, the lasers are you know, controversial on the mm-hmm. weight loss side of things. Yeah. Um, and my husband got it done one time, probably about three years ago, Mm -hmm. got it done on his sides, like, and, but then he just kind of went back to eating, however, so he lost a little bit. So talk about that. Like how effective is it? How does it really work? Like give us the real deal. Sure, sure. It's it's very effective, but definitely as you mentioned there, and if your diet is off, your thyroid's off, that's when you can start to put it on under the chin or you can get these balloon arms. You can get this appearance, like they say, that looks kind of like the Michelin man. With a laser, it doesn't destroy the cell. So what it actually does is it causes a temporary pore to open up in the fat cell and the fat liquefies and moves out of that cell. And then it gets shuttled off into the lymphatic system where it gets broken down and burned as fuel. The lasers are FDA cleared. So the laser that I use is by Erconia. They were the first one to ever do studies and to get FDA clearance. And what they did is they took uh, groups of patients and they did no other changes uh, to their, no diet changes or exercise changes, did the laser only. And in six sessions, the average fat reduction was between 3.5 inches to six inches uh, just, just from using the laser. And again, that's because it's going to cause that fat to liquefy and move out of the cell. So like in my office, what we do with patients is we have them do a one session challenge to where we'll measure them. And then we put them on the laser and then we measure them right afterwards. And you can usually see at least a quarter of an inch to a half an inch drop from the midsection during that time without any kind of side effects on there. The problem in, 
in the laser community is that we have this device that's a true laser and the placebo that was used in the study to get FDA clearance was an LED device. And the LED device did have some results, but it was about one-tenth as effective as a true laser on there. So you do have some locations that will sell a, an LED device and call it laser and you don't get as good of a result as you do with the actual laser on there. And there's no pain and no downtime with the lasers. But again, once you're done with that treatment protocol, uh, you, you want to make sure that you're practicing a healthy lifestyle with exercise, with eating right, in order to maintain your, your changes. You know, I, I warn patients, don't just go and live a life at the buffet and at the dollar menu and on a cruise after this, because if you do, you're still going to put this some things back on. But it's great for targeting stubborn fat areas. Um, I had one particular patient that came in who she was in her uh, mid-50s. She was menopausal. And she exercised six days a week. She did yoga. She ate organic, all these things. And she was really frustrated because she couldn't get the fat off of her midsection and off of her thighs. And the funny thing is she came in initially because she had low back pain and carpal tunnel symptoms, but she saw our banner up for the, for the laser for fat reduction. And so she decided, I want to try this first. She's like, I want to forget about the pain first and do the aesthetics. And so we took her measurements and she did 10 sessions and over 10 sessions from her waist, hips and her arms, she lost 19 inches. And she was really happy because she said, even with her healthy lifestyle, she had these stubborn areas that, you know, we all might have that, like the, the love handles or different areas or on the, of back fat, um, that she was happy that it finally really got rid of it when we, she did the laser. And then because she had a good, healthy lifestyle, she was able to keep that off. Mm. Well, I have a question from a listener for you to answer. This lady is from it's Cynthia from Ottawa, Canada. Sure. She says, I've gotten a boob job and now she's a 36 triple E. Yeah. And I got liposuction on the back of my triceps and on the inside of my inner thighs. And now that I've gotten the liposuction, I've never had cellulite before, but now on my quads, my skin is kind of funny. It seems like it's very wrinkled and I look like an old lady. And it's weird. It's kind of like cellulite on my legs, but it's more like wrinkles. Yeah. What do you recommend? So in cases like that, um, there is a, there is a, green laser called the emerald laser that actually is FDA cleared for the treatment of cellulite. So that one works quite well because it also causes the, the skin tissue to tighten up and you also increase elastin and collagen production in the, um, in the skin. So you can see an improvement in cellulite that's non-invasive. There are also cosmetic procedures they can do because if you lose a lot of fat from a liposuction procedure or from non-surgical laser fat reduction, you can see some sagging of the skin. So a cosmetic surgeon can go in there and try to tighten things up. But when we use lasers, we're trying to do things in a different avenue to we're trying to stimulate this collagen and elastin production to improve the texture and the, um, and the tension of the skin itself. So what, can you explain like what causes cellulite? Well, with, with cellulite, you've got some scar tissue that can occur that can, that can uh, be one type of factor. Some people are more susceptible to it than, than others are. Um, so those are some of the factors there with cellulite uh, that, can, that, can, that can trigger it. And that's where you got people who can work out a lot and not see a change in it. They still see that, you know, that puckered kind of appearance. So we've got a combination of that along with changes in you know, uh, elastin and collagen in the skin as well. Yeah. And doesn't it form when like the fatty tissue deep in the skin 
pushes up against like connective tissue is what I've heard. Yeah, you can get that with the connective tissue and that's where you can get some, some scarring that can be in there that can start to cause that. And, um, you know, you can do some manual things to try to help break down the scar tissue. Like what we'll do when we have patients on the laser is we'll have them on there. It's a 40 minute session. And then when we're done, if, if we have someone who's got a lot of nasty kind of scar tissue. Like I had one patient who unfortunately got scar tissue from a cool sculpting procedure to where uh, it was across her abdomen. It was like a little speed bump that it happens in a certain percentage of people that normally you need a surgery to remove that scar tissue. We combine the laser along with using a percussor device in order to help to mechanically break down that scar tissue while the laser is also changing things, um, what's going on with the cells as far as the elastin and collagen production and getting the fat out of the fat cell as well. So one thing is I really don't have any cellulite. Like that's yeah. what I was thinking. And that's lucky. I, <laughs> that's great. Yeah. And I was thinking, so one thing, you know how certain people love getting, um, like some people love shoes, some people like handbags, you know, that's where they mm -hmm. put their money. Well, I love massage. So yeah. I get massages mm -hmm. on a regular basis, like a minimum of two times a week. That's I awesome. Just, like, it's the only thing that like, cause I'm so high energy and I love yeah. to go, go, go. Right. And so I was, I had heard that, you know, one way to get rid of cellulite is to get massages. But I was thinking for me, maybe the fact that I get so many, like I've always gotten so many massages and maybe getting massages kind of improves like lymphatic drainage. Exactly. And yeah. like, Correct mm -hmm. your skin tissue. Maybe that's why I don't. I've never had a problem with cellulite. Sure, definitely that's that. Good. Yeah, absolutely. And then you're thinking of you know blood flow. Now, obviously, you're gonna have some people who say, "Oh no, that's not gonna work," because there's variables from person to person. But I've seen the same thing in my practice that patients who get regular massage because you have that improved lymphatic drainage, you're breaking down scar tissue, you're improving blood flow. All of those things are going to help with the texture of the of the skin um, and the health of the area that you're working on too. So I agree with you. Hey guys, I wanted to tell you I'm offering a free weight loss virtual Bible study. Now is the perfect time to focus on understanding true hunger and fullness and learn what the Bible has to say about it. All you have to do is go to ChantelRayWay.com slash Bible study. After you sign up, you'll receive a six week Bible study video that you can watch on your own or you can get a small group of people and do it together. That's ChantelRayWay.com slash Bible study for your free six week Bible study course. Um, so as far as fat reduction, let's just yeah. talk about like, let's say someone just says, okay, I we'll try the rate, the lasers, but it's, mm -hmm. it's not enough. Like I, right. here's some of the things you've seen that people do in a more functional medicine way that has really helped them with weight loss. Yeah. What I find is a big one. And this comes as a personal one for me. So I was an athlete growing up. I played high school and college football, but I would always, if you looked at pictures of me from the time I was a kid up, up through my 20s and 30s it's like a yo-yo like you'll see me looking lean and you'll see me looking chubby like going back and forth and it was really frustrating for me everybody in my family had thyroid disorders and they were all on medications but every time I went and I got tested it showed up as normal and I'm like god I got all these symptoms I'm tired my, my energy goes up and down I go between being really energetic to be 
where I can't get enough sleep and then I'm having trouble getting weight off. There's times where I could work out really hard and eat what I thought was healthy. Obviously, I didn't really know what I was doing when I was a teenager, but I would still have that stubborn fat. So when I started taking Dr. Karajian's uh, thyroid courses, that's, and I learned about functional medicine and how to do the testing, I thought, well, I got to test myself. I have the guinea pig myself. And what I found was I had the presence of thyroid antibodies. I had normal thyroid hormone levels because they're only going to test your thyroid stimulating hormone and maybe T4. And for a lot of people, that would be normal, but they might have their active thyroid hormone, the T3, could be below the optimal level. It might be normal, but not optimal. I kind of lost your image there. Can you still hear me? Yeah, I can still hear you. Okay. All right. Perfect. So I kind of, um, I tested myself and my T3, the active thyroid hormone that was low. Also, I had thyroid antibodies that were high. And a lot of times for many patients, they'll have these antibodies that are elevated and they won't even know about it because most traditionally trained doctors don't even test for these antibodies. And you said you were trained by him, right? Yeah. Dr. Karaji and I, we actually were classmates in chiropractic school and I was the first person he ever ran labs on clear back when we were in our second term at school. How do you spell his name? I haven't heard of him before. Oh, it's, it's K-H-A-R-R-A-Z-I-A-N. He's actually the one that kicked off the whole natural thyroid revolution with his book, his 2009 book, Why Do I Still Have Thyroid Symptoms When My Lab Tests Are Normal? Um, so I actually introduced Isabella Wentz to him back many, many years ago. And he's just, he's really a pioneer. He's more of a researcher. So he doesn't really do as many things um, online. So that's why some people may not know about him, but pretty much everybody that has followed in, in natural thyroid or in functional health, they've all gotten a start kind of from, from his training and with mm-hmm. that and with uh, functional medicine as well too, and functional neurology. Awesome. So, a lot of people, if they can get those thyroid antibodies tested, that can because you, you can have normal TSH and T4, but if your thyroid antibodies are elevated, what it can do is it can stimulate attacks against your thyroid and create a dysfunction, or it can make your thyroid hormone not be effective as far as in getting into the cells. So what I've seen is that's a common thing where I'll have, particularly with females, uh, it's more common in females, especially if they've had kids, where we'll see a, a female patient come into the office and say, I was always lean until I had my, my, my kids, especially after my second kid. And since then, it's like, no matter what I do, I can eat right. I can exercise. I don't change. I don't go up or down. I feel like I might as well sit on my butt and eat whatever I want because I can't get rid of this weight. So what we find is a lot of those patients have a subclinical thyroid dysfunction. And a lot of them will have food reactions like a gluten reaction or a casein reaction, and oftentimes corn and soy, to where even if they're eating organic versions of that, because of molecular mimicry, because those protein molecules in that food look very similar to thyroid tissue, the immune system can get confused. And when they're eaten, it can cause you to start to attack those tissues. Um, Thyroid antibodies can also cross-react with the cerebellum. So that can also affect different brain pathways, uh, balance, coordination, um, brain fog, all of these things that we see a lot of these patients, especially my female patients, will come in with this kind of combo of low energy, trouble getting rid of weight, and a lot of times brain fog. And that makes me very suspicious that there might be an underlying thyroid dysfunction there. So we always make sure to test that there. So that way, while they're going through and they're dropping the, uh, the body fat with a laser, we want to make sure that that 
we give them the best opportunity to keep that off after um, they're done with the procedure. And we know that right now with people being in quarantine and on lockdown with the coronavirus, that a lot of people are posting memes about saying, oh my God, I'm putting on the freshman 15. It's like the quarantine 19 right now. And they're concerned about what's, what's going on at home. And uh, so as people are coming out of this, a, a lot of people are going to have more body weight on them. And we're seeing already the rates of it, uh, the obesity rate is about 40% for our nation before COVID and overweight is 70.7%. So there's a lot of people that are struggling with this and um, are, are not getting the best kind of, kind of help. So let's talk about iodine for just a second. Okay, because, sure. Um, I think this, even with functional medicine doctor, mm -hmm. okay, yeah. And I want to go back to the corn and soy because I think that's really interesting. But, yeah. you know, I have literally talked to different and, and people that I respect very much, but they are very complete opposite on iodine. They so are. Some people say, yes, avoid it as a supplement, whether you have hyperthyroidism or hypothyroidism, yeah. the effect of iodine supplements can cause your thyroid to either produce too much or too little hormone. And then there's other doctors um, that say that iodine is really good for your thyroid and yeah. that you absolutely need it. So what is your opinion on that? Yeah, it's definitely a paradox and it becomes almost like a religious war. <laughs> when you hear people talk about it, it gets heated and angry. So I really respect Dr. Karazian on this because he is just a pure researcher. So he has one of the best explanations for it. And if people Google like Dr. K News and iodine, he has a great article on it. And so I talked with him at length about this too. So what's the deal with it? He said, and his perfect example was he had a doctor who used to teach the um, courses that he created, who they got into a whole debate over this as well too. And he said, the big thing you have to understand is that if you have these Hashimoto's antibodies, if you have an autoimmune hypothyroid, um, then iodine can really create a problem. That's about 90% or more of people who have an underactive thyroid. Whereas if you have what's called primary hyper, hypothyroidism, where you don't have an autoimmune component, then you can take iodine and there's really no side effects. It can be quite beneficial because we know you do need iodine in order to have proper thyroid function. But here's where Dr. Karajan says there's a paradox. So let's say you have a patient who's got a slow thyroid and they also have um, they have a need for iodine, but they also have Hashimoto's antibodies. When you put iodine in supplemental iodine into the body and there's the presence of Hashimoto's antibodies, it can trigger an increase of those Hashimoto's antibodies. And there are actual cases, um, this is one of the things my wife went through, is that iodine triggered a, a, a thyroid storm. And you can have it to where the storm can be bad enough, let's say if it's intravenous iodine, to where it can trigger a stroke. And that is well diagnosed in, or, or well documented in medical research. You also have it to where taking supplemental iodine can also trigger an increased attack on the thyroid. So this is where Dr. Karajan says there's a paradox to where let's take a patient who has thyroid antibodies, but they also have low iodine. They can take supplemental iodine and they can feel really good while they're, while they're taking it, which is what happened with the doctor that was teaching um, Dr. Karajan's courses. He had a low thyroid and also had some thyroid antibodies and he got onto the bandwagon of you have to take iodine. And Dr. Karajan warned him because he said, well, I'm feeling great taking the iodine. And Dr. Karajan said, you should really stick to trying to do that through the foods because when you take it in the supplemental form, 
while you're feeling good with the iodine, it's also doing this insidious attack to where you're taking it in. Now you've got these antibodies that are released and they can tag your thyroid for destruction. And then depending on how active your immune system is, it can either be rapid destruction or it can be a slow destruction over time that is destroying thyroid tissue. And so while you're feeling good in the short term, it can give you a long-term dysfunction as your body continues to destroy thyroid tissue, got to the point where I think Dr. Karajian said within four or five years, this particular doctor was practically bedridden because he had destroyed so much of his, of his thyroid. So um, that's my take on it is you really have to know, do you have thyroid antibodies or not? And one negative test does not mean that you don't have them because antibodies are like a shark's fin. You could take the, a test on one day and have it to where it's below the water. Now that doesn't mean, like if you look out of the, at the beach and you don't see a shark's fin, that doesn't mean there's no shark there. It just hasn't reared its head, but then you can take it at another time and have the antibodies show up. That's what I did when I tested myself is I had one test that didn't show antibodies. Two weeks later, I had the thyroid antibodies. So for someone like me, if I took supplemental iodine, I have the, ch the chance of increasing the antibodies and increasing not only thyroid destruction, but also cerebellum destruction as well too, because those TPO antibodies will cross-react with the cerebellum. So that's my take on iodine. So, you know, what's funny is, and I have a thyroid issue as well, yeah. and I have hypothyroidism. So yeah. what I've found is, so there's foods that are really rich in iodine. So right. like, mm -hmm. um, seaweed, dairy, tuna, shrimp, eggs. And so I found that when I have those things, A, I crave them, number yeah. one. Right. Like, I believe that you should be really intuitive and that your body's mm -hmm. really smart. And right. so like, if I'm craving shrimp, it probably means there's something in that shrimp that my body is lacking, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, and so like if I'm craving eggs or craving tuna or whatever that is, but I will tell you for me personally, I feel the best mm -hmm. when I'm eating foods that are high in iodine. So yeah. I try to get as much of my supplements in my food as possible. So what is his opinion about having those foods that are high in iodine. Those foods is just, you have to be careful with them because it depends on the person. Like he would recommend not having iodized salt because that can trigger a reaction. So a patient who's got thyroid antibodies, you should be thinking about sea salt or Himalayan salt, etc. Because if we look at the, even the name Hashimoto's, uh, mm -hmm. it, was, was, it was discovered and named by a Japanese researcher, Hashimoto. And they found that Japanese patients who are eating a lot of seaweed tended to have higher rates of Hashimoto's activate. So again, there's that paradox to where when you have iodine, there's a lower incidence of goiter, but then there's a higher incidence of Hashimoto's autoimmune thyroiditis on there. So that's one where you have to do like what you're saying. You have to really kind of see how your body is responding. Ideally, you'd want to test those antibodies too, to see, are you causing them to increase or not? So that you know, you know, to, if you're flaring yourself up too much, I would also say what we do with our, um, Hashimoto's patients and ideally with our autoimmune patients is we'll run some lab testing from Cyrex labs uh, who do these specific antibody tests for food. So you can find out exactly what you react to. Uh, like, as we mentioned, as I mentioned earlier, gluten and corn and soy, they have a thing called the array four that will test you for 24 common 
foods that autoimmune patients will react to. So you can see if you have not an allergy response, but no, you know, not the skin test where you're testing for an allergy, but where you're testing for an antibody response. And that was the one that I actually found it that I reacted negatively to barley, that if I ate barley, that would trigger me to attack my thyroid. And when I went back and I looked at it, if I would go to a restaurant and have like barley beef soup or something, I would feel almost drugged afterwards from that antibody reaction. So lab testing is really good to find out as you're talking about foods. They also have a test, I believe it's the array 10, I want to say that tests you for like over 200 different kinds of foods to see what you're reacting to. And so um, you meet, can meet with people anywhere in the country in over the phone, like on Zoom, send them these tests and then consult them online. Yeah. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah, we're doing, we do online consults with patients who can't come in. Um, correct. Hey guys, one of the things that will take your weight loss to the next level is coaching. You can either work one-on-one -on -one with me or one of our certified private coaches. If you'd like, you can schedule your free call. It's a 10 minute strategy call just to see if coaching is going to really take you to the next level. The other thing is listening to the audiobook. Listening to the audiobook and getting the video course that I've done, people are seeing dramatic results. If you just listen to the audiobook 30 minutes a day, over and over and over again, and get the video course, go to ChantelRayway.com and check out the video course. You won't be sorry you did. And so I want to talk about, because like you said, all the primary physicians, they're testing just TSH. That's it, yeah. T4. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but if I want to list <laughs> those tests, all the ones. And sure. if you could kind of talk about the differences in the numbers, um, you know, obviously functional medicine doctors, yeah. their range of what they think Very is narrow. Yeah. way narrower. Yeah. So if you could be as specific as possible of what the tests are that you would recommend sure. they take and um, go from there. Sure, sure. And, and, bef and, and what I like people think, you brought up a perfect point, is that the traditional ranges are very wide and ours are very narrow. And I like to say, it's kind of like, let's say I, I'm, I'm your teacher and you're my student and you're in my class. If you're in going to a traditional lab, that's like you're taking the class pass-fail to where whether you have a D minus or you have an A plus, you're seen as the same because you're passing, you're normal. But what we want to do in functional medicine is, is we want to get you into the A range and we already want to work with you if you're in the B or the C range. And if you're in the D range, we're really, really concerned. So the range that we use are very narrow. For, so for example, let's take uh, TSH, thyroid stimulating hormone. A lot of labs will say normal is from 0.5 all the way up to, I've seen it 5.5 or 6. Uh, some of them will be a little different. But in general, in functional medicine, we usually try to see our target is, is somewhere, and these are not set in stone. These are you know, guidelines. Um, and depending on which functional practitioner you talk to, it may be a little different. I'm going to use the ones I learned from Dr. Karazian. We like it to be between like a 1.8 and a 3.0. And if it starts getting below that 1.8, then we actually start thinking, hey, this person might have some uh, an effect of stress slowing their thyroid down, or maybe they're moving even towards a hyper. And this type of is phase. for this this the ones you're talking about right now is for what? That's for TSH for thyroid stimulating hormone. So I, I've had it before where patients have said, I've run my labs, I think I've got. Um, Hashimoto's or I've got a thyroid dysfunction, but my labs, they told me I was completely normal and they'll bring in their, their labs. And I look at their TSH and their TSH is like at 5.2, but the end range of normal is at 5.5. So their doctor said, Oh, you're fine. And again, we want to try to get them down between 1.8 and 3.0 with the methods. Yeah, I feel better. See, and for me personally, mm -hmm. if I'm anything higher than a one, 
for my TSH. Yeah. I, I, if I'm at like 0.5 or 0.8, yeah. that's when I'm actually feeling the best. Mm -hmm. If I'm at like, if I'm at 1.5 or 2 mm -hmm. and yeah. higher, I'm, I don't have the energy I need, but yeah. I, I run very fast. So yeah, yeah, I sure. I personally like to be around between 0.5 and 0.8 and then I'm mm -hmm. feeling good. Right. Yeah. And I think you bring up a good point there too, is also if we look at just the TSH, it gives us a very incomplete picture. Yes. And that's what I see a lot. People say, well, I got labs run, say at Kaiser. And say, I got, oh, they did a full panel and they bring it into me. And there's literally like one thyroid test and there's nine or 10 total tests. I'm thinking, I don't know how they, how they really help somebody with this limited amount of information. Because when we run a thyroid panel, we run nine tests alone on there. So, because we want to see not only where your TSH is, but we also want to see the free and total versions of your T3 and T4. So a lot of times they'll have just like the total T4 and they never show the free T3, which what happens is that T4 is in general, your inactive thyroid hormone and your body has to convert that into T3 free to actually be the hormone you can utilize for thyroid function and for energy. And you got to remember that like every brain cell has thyroid hormone receptors. So it's affecting your body throughout your, from head to toe pretty much and your brain function. So we could take a patient with optimal TSH and optimal T4 to where the doctor says you're perfect, everything's fine. But then if that T3 free is low, because let's say they've got a leaky gut and what person these days doesn't have some intestinal permeability or digestive issues. When that gut is not functioning right, then you can have trouble converting the inactive thyroid hormone into the active thyroid hormone. And if you have liver dysfunction, that can also be a factor too. So we like to look at those other values. We also look at liver function too, to see how well is that helping with detoxification pathways. Um, we'll also run so the, name thyroid. the yeah. nine, name the nine tests that you do. So we do, this is what I learned from Dr. Karajan. We'll do TSH, which is thyroid stimulating hormone. We'll do T4 free and total. So that's two there. We'll do T3 free and total which is there. We'll do the uh, T3 uptake. We'll do the uh, TPO antibodies. That's the thyroid peroxidized antibodies, the thyroglobulin antibodies, and then um, reverse T3 are, are like nine of them and, that we'll and do. And you know, let's talk about how important the, re what is reverse T3 and how important that test is as well. Um, for yeah. Well, and I think it's really important. Like when you're going when you're going to your doctor, like I went to my physical doctor just so that my labs would get paid by my doctor. Right. And they would always want to do it. And every time I would literally have to say to them, these are the nine tests I want. I had yeah. to write them down and hand them to them because right. they do not know what to do. No, they really don't. They're really, the irony is when my wife was having some trouble with her thyroid is she was going to multiple different endocrinologists and she'd also gone it's like dr karajan does this amazing like three hour one-on-one -on -one kind of thing where he tests test you from head to toe neurologically and everything and so she had had she'd been seen by him for that and then had this appointment with an endocrinologist and when she went to the endocrinologist and she's talking with this doctor he actually started taking notes from what she was telling him because the irony is his wife had Hashimoto's and he was saying that he hadn't been able to figure out how to help her. And then as my wife was doing this appointment, he said, Oh my gosh, you're giving me a lot of um, help for my wife. And that's I ironic, you know, here that, that she was helping him. Um, but so when we look at like, let's say like with reverse T3, that's where you can 
have all these other things normal, but now you're, you're creating this form of, of, of thyroid hormone where you can't utilize it well. And a lot of times this can happen too if your um, thyroid prescription has been too high for too long and you just start creating this unusable reverse T3 on there that's kind of like just a storage there that's not usable. The other thing I see with a lot of females is the T3 uptake can be effective, affected, especially if they're on uh, hormone replacement because that can actually bind to the thyroid hormone and prevent it from getting into the cell. So uh, if we see that they can have all these values perfect, but if that T3 uptake is low, then that's something that needs to be worked on as well too. And there's different um, things you can do to support certain pathways in the body to help that because uh, allopathic medicine, they don't really look at it. So they don't have a treatment plan for it. But, you know, if we do things with dietary changes or supplements you can do to try to support those, those pathways like liver support, you know, removing the reactive foods like gluten and like casein, they can help in those cases. So let's talk about liver dysfunction because a lot of people have problems yeah. converting, you know, the T, T3 to T4. Opposite T4 I mean, to T3. T4 to T3. And yeah. And so like, that's, that's why I'm on, I am on a very low dosage of yeah. Cytomel yeah. Uh, for T3 because right. my body does not convert the T4. So if, if you're some, you're someone who's on Synthroid and, you know, it's not working, that could yeah. be a thing is that you either need to switch to armor or WP. Um, yeah. Let's talk a little bit about, do, have you ever put anyone on just T3 or a combination of T4, T3 and well, how has that worked? Sure. Well, for me, because I'm a chiropractor, we can't prescribe. So we do everything with nutraceuticals basically. So uh, like what I'll use, Dr. Karazi made a really good product from um, Apex Energetics. That's where he created formulations for. And so I use a thing. There's a few different formulas we have depending on how we see where their thyroid is. So for me, I would tend because I, I have a high energy and a lot of stress. So I would tend to get my thyroid to go a little into the, um, into an, into a slowed version to where my TSH got low, but I was also slow. So I used a formula called Thyraxis PT that supported the adrenal and hypothalamus and pituitary pathway. Um, whereas some other patients that have just like say a liver dysfunction and more of like a primary hypothyroid, we use something called thyroxyl for support. So it's not a replacement for medications, but it does have desiccated thyroid in there uh, from a bovine formula. And we've seen some benefits with, with some patients with that. And we've actually had it where we've co-managed patients with their medical doctor um, when they're open-minded. And we've seen it to where the doctors have been able to reduce their medication on there. We even stack it with doing some liver support formulas. Like I use one from Apex called ClearVite that has a lot of different uh, ingredients in it that help support liver detoxification pathways. Because the goal is to try to get the person to start doing their own conversions. Um, and particularly if I see a patient who their TSH and T4 is perfect, but their T3 is really low, then we'll do things to try to support that. I might use a formula to support healthy digestion, some digestive enzymes, some uh, liver detoxification pathway support, and then something that helps them to convert that um, T4 to T3. Like I use a formula again from Dr. Karajan called uh, ThyroCNV. I found that to be helpful. Now, you know, obviously none of those are FDA cleared as a treatment for thyroid, but we found that it does help these patients. I also stack it with, I have some other lasers that are not for fat loss, but this is how, this is why Isabella Wentz had me in her thyroid secret documentary. And she also talked about me in her book, Hashimoto's Protocol, is there were some great studies that came out of Brazil called the Brazil studies by um, this researcher named Hoffling. And he found that when laser, low level laser specifically was done 
over the thyroid, it actually stimulated thyroid tissue to regenerate. It improved blood flow. And he did a long-term six-year study on these patients and found that their thyroid antibodies decreased and they had a decreased need for um, thyroid hormone replacement for medications, even for the long-term. And patients can go on to PubMed and just search Hoffling, H-O-F-L-I-N-G, and thyroid and laser. And they can see all these studies. And it's really fantastic stuff, yet nobody's really talking about it. I do that on myself on a regular basis too. And the former USSR, they are decades ahead of us. They were using lasers as part of their standard healthcare since 1974. So when you stack modern technology with functional medicine and with uh, nutritional support and testing to find out what people react to and removing those foods, you can really get a more complete um, picture of what's going on and a complete program and plan for how to help people. Awesome. Now let's talk about selenium and zinc yeah. for just a yeah. second. And how important are those two in particular for your yeah. thyroid and just general health? Those are really, really important. Um, you know, particularly you need selenium as a cofactor to do the conversion of T4 to T3. That's why I like using that one pro, uh, um, product, Thyro CNV, uh, that Dr. Karazian created for Apex because it has all these different cofactors in there that can help a person convert them. That if you don't have those cofactors, it's you just it's 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 like having uh, a car but having no no gasoline in there. You can't run the engine, and so you need those cofactors to run the engine of conversion. And so it's extremely important. Uh, let's look at even right now what's going on with the coronavirus pandemic. Is we're seeing that you know zinc has been shown something to be very beneficial for. Um, patients to support their immune system. I don't like the word boost, but I like the word to use the word support because you're supporting it to function normally. And let's say with a thyroid patient, you need zinc in order to make hydrochloric acid so that you can properly break down and digest food. And if you don't have adequate amounts of zinc, if you're not absorbing it, then you can also have these, these problems with digestion and then you get this whole slippery slope. And that's uh, where we, we wanna look at the body as a whole. Not, you're not just a thyroid. You're a thyroid that's interacting with your digestive system, with your liver, with how your foods are being absorbed, with how your brain is processing things, et cetera. So those are very important um, cofactors for patients with Hashimoto's. Awesome. Well, this has been great. Dr. Kirk, tell listeners where they can find you, okay. where they can follow you. So they can find me at laserchiropractic.net, and that's laser with an S. They can Google me, Dr. Kirk Gair, G-A-I-R, and they can see all the different appearances I've had in different podcasts and summits. Um, on Facebook, they're welcome to friend me at, uh, my name is Kirk Gare on uh, Facebook. I have a, a group page too for patients that is Dr. Gare's um, patient performance and health secrets. And again, if you just talk, type in Dr. Gare, it'll pop up on Facebook. I also have a Facebook page, um, thyroid brain and um, celiac info. They can just go to facebook.com slash thyroid info, or I've also got a blog at drkirkgare.com. So those are some of the places they can find me. Awesome. Well, you guys stay tuned. We've got another episode coming up in just a bit. Bye-bye for now. Hey guys, thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, it would mean the world to us for you to leave a review on iTunes to get this podcast out to others that may have the same questions that you do. And as always, if you have a question that you want answered, email those to questions at chantelrayway.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.